Sensors, podcast consumers, welcome to episode 117, that's right, 117 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. I'm, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and we've got an action-packed show for you tonight, probably going to run a little bit shorter than usual, uh, just a lot of scheduling conflicts in the studio right now, trying to prepare for a lot of other things going on right now around Go Tell It to the Wall, around uh, some live events and stuff, so, so don't be surprised if this one does come out a little bit shorter. I know everyone that's been listening from the beginning is like, you, you've said that so many times, Sean. It's never shorter. This one might be. This one might be. Let's see how it goes. All right, we always kick things off with our social plugs. That's right, you can keep up with us during episodes, four episodes, after episodes, whenever you so please. And you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be Twitter. Head on over to Twitter and follow our official Go Tell to the Wall Twitter account, which is at Tell the Wall Pod. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. Uh, you can also follow my own personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. Again, at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. Going to keep you up to date on everything that is Sean O'Rourke and everything that is Go Tell It to the Wall. Uh, we are, of course, currently live on Facebook. Head over to Facebook.com slash Go Tell It to the Wall. You're going to find our official Facebook page there. Please like the page. Check back often for updates. That will definitely keep you most updated uh, on all the happenings, all the new episodes, any new content coming out, uh, as, as well as like skipped, missed weeks and stuff like that. I, I tend to not announce those things on Twitter, but Facebook is, is definitely a good resource for that, especially because I have admins on Facebook that are keeping things in line and actually conveying information to all of you out there as it's needed. Uh, and of course, YouTube. Head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell It to the Wall, subscribe to our channel. That's right. There you're going to find all of our, not only the live feeds from every podcast that we have done video on, because we haven't done it since the beginning. It started like episode 20. Uh, you're going to find all those live feeds. You're also going to find all of our beer reviews, our parenting playlist, our mental health playlist, uh, as well as just various Go Tell It to the Wall clips that we include up there on YouTube. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed to our channel, like the videos, watch the videos, share the videos, do all the things you do on YouTube. And I've been mentioning it recently, and if, if you want to follow my own personal Instagram account, we don't have an official uh, Go Tell It to the Wall Twitter account, but if you want to follow my own personal one, uh, that would be SoCalSean, that's right, at SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N, uh, if you want to keep up to date on, like, really, that's that's more of a Sean work <laughs> Instagram as opposed to a Go Tell It to the Wall. You're going to mostly find kid pictures concert pictures, like that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you're so inclined, go ahead, follow me on Instagram at SoCalSean. And most importantly, and all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned, <clears throat> except for Instagram, uh, would be SeanOrourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanOrourkeLive.com. Bookmark that website. Check back often. You're going to find links to all those social uh, platforms that I just mentioned, as well as as blog posts, photos you're not going to find anywhere else, all that good stuff, and our Patreon campaign. That's right, you can get a link to our Patreon page right through there, and if you want to support us financially, please, please, please do so. Uh, every little bit helps, every little bit helps to keep the studio running, keeps us in uh, getting as much content out there as we can. So please, please, please check out our Patreon page, uh, which you can access through SeanOrourkeLive.com. I believe you can also access it through Facebook and YouTube, uh, but it's definitely on SeanOrourkeLive.com. You're going to see a little little symbol there, and you'll be able to just click through it and, and reach our Patreon page and campaign. All right, beer this week. That's right, beer this week. Uh, I got to say... I didn't think I would ever see a shirtless Ben Franklin on a beer can, uh, but the day has come that we have a shirtless Ben Franklin on a beer can. Uh, now, for those of you that know your beer companies, your beer breweries, your beer brands well, you're probably guessing where this one is from. <clears throat> We've had this brewery on the podcast before. This is 21st Amendment Brewery, uh, and they came out with a tasty IPA. It is an IPA. It's a tasty IPA. Uh, it's 6.8% alcohol by volume, but like I said, it's got a shirtless Ben Franklin uh, on the can here. He, he's fortunately only shirtless, not pantsless, uh, and he's basically swimming in a sea of hops. I think those are hops. I don't know much about beer. I'm just like, oh, the beer tastes good, and I, I, I take that back. I do kind of know because they started putting hops at the forefront of a lot of beers. Stone likes to do this, and they're like, revolving hop series. 
So I have come to notice certain hops that I enjoy, uh, but I couldn't tell you all of them. It's like I, I've just been like, oh, yeah, Stone did that, and, and I like I liked it. So maybe I do like those hops, but it, everything else goes just goes way above my head. Uh, but I do recommend this one. It is very tasty, given the name Tasty IPA uh, from 21st Amendment Brewery. Uh, definitely not on the smoother side of IPAs. Not real harsh, but still hoppy. I wouldn't recommend this for anyone that, that's kind of on the border of IPAs and enjoying IPAs. I, I know I say that a lot on this podcast. Uh, this is not one that I would recommend to on-air producer Chris Hassong because he is not an IPA fan. He likes the, the smoother pale ales. Uh, and this one, it, it's not 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 smooth. <laughs> is that how you say it? Uh, no, it, it is smooth. It's smooth depending on your standards, uh, but it's definitely got some hops to it, and, and you're going to taste that IPA in there with this, and uh, and just prepare yourself for a uh, half-naked Ben Franklin on your on your beer can. And you can actually get this uh, most places. I think this one I just picked up at like Sprouts or one of those. This one was not hard to find. I think it's just a new brew uh, from 21st Amendment Brewery, so, so check them out if you get a chance. I believe you can find this nationwide. Uh, tasty, tasty IPA, and it is tasty for sure, especially if you enjoy IPAs. Uh, it, it's definitely right in the realm of a typical uh, typical IPA. I would call it closer to a West Coast IPA, as, as the kids say these days, uh, but definitely a tasty IPA from 21st Amendment Brewery. So check them out. Mm. I've had some good beers, uh, good brews from 21st Amendment Brewery. I, I, I got to be honest, I think that is one of the few... Smaller independent breweries that I there have been a couple beers that I just really didn't like, uh, but you're gonna find that with a lot of breweries. You know, they're they're. I always say that like ah they don't have anything I don't like. There's stuff that I'm like eh I'm not gonna drink a lot of that. But I I believe Twenty First Amendment was one where I was like oh this this is not my cup of tea personally, but obviously somebody likes it because uh, they made the beer and they're selling it. All right, moving along here. Oh, I'm gonna get another sip of this actually before we move along. Moving along to our weekly rant for episode 117 of Go Tell It to the Wall. Uh, it's funny, I actually had a rant prepared, and then I realized that I had done a rant similar to that uh, a few episodes ago, so we had to kind of shift things around today. Uh, and then, it's funny, I actually almost switched it at the last minute because I had something else, but I was like, I'm going to save that rant for a future episode. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is, is parenting. Parenting, and I'm not talking about parenting in general. You know, I have a we have a parenting segment on Go Tell It to the Wall. We have a parenting playlist up on YouTube, uh, and I am not usually one to criticize parenting. I think uh, as long as the child is safe, uh, parenting is is really your own thing. You know, there's a very fine line there. I get that, but I am I've never been one to say, you know what, that's not a good idea. And in fact, trust me, I, I take my kid, to, my three-year-old to the park daily and I see parents riding down the slide with their kid, like right in front of them. And it, it takes like, I don't want to say it takes all my strength, but I, I just, I stop myself. I'm like, nope, this is not my place to say anything. If they're not aware that that is not a smart thing to do with your child, I, I'm not going to convince them here in, in two minutes on the playground. You know, so it, I'm not one to criticize. However, it has come up recently, really for a while now since I've been a father, but really recently I'm seeing a lot of kind of detached parenting. And there's that free-range parenting, you know, concept, and it's fine. Like, again, I'm not here to criticize the little things. What I am here to criticize is just the carelessness, the carelessness of it. And I get it. It's hard. I, I am a full-time stay-at-home father to my three-year-old. That is my full-time job. My part-time job is doing this and going out and doing live events and hosting live events. My wife works full-time during the day. I work at night. So I'm home with my daughter all day. I get it. It's hard. She's three. I argue, I'm, I spend my entire days arguing with, with my three-year-old. It's hard. But the most important thing when it comes to being a parent is keeping an eye on your child. Keeping an eye on your child. And like I said, I take my daughter to the park daily. We walk a mile to the park and we walk a mile home. Uh, and recently I'm seeing... So much of this just careless, not keeping an eye on your kid's parenting. And in fact, today was a perfect example of that. We were at the park, and there was a, a mother there who, I, it looked like she was there with multiple kids. And just to give you an idea of the park uh, where I take my daughter, they actually have one of those little workout areas for adults, you know? it it's all, it's all like dirt around this area. Well, it rained, rained quite a bit here in Los Angeles uh, yesterday. Uh, Wednesday of this week in Los Angeles. So, of course, there was a lot of mud in that that area where the the grown-up, I see, it's adult stuff, the grown-up 
exercise equipment is. This is what I have to say to my daughter because she's always like, no, that's for grownups. Which takes me to another thing because all these parents letting their kids play on that. And it's again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say your kids shouldn't play on that, but I have to then tell my kid that she can't play on it despite the fact that there are kids playing on it. But back to the mud. I'm playing with my kid. She's climbing the rocks. You know, they, there's like these little play structures and stuff. And I look over because I hear a mother saying, no, 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 what are you doing? And I look over and there is a two-year-old, probably about two years old, standing uh, more than ankle deep in a puddle of water in this mud. The mother is sitting over on a bench. And I could tell she had been looking at her phone and looked up for a second to see her child in that puddle of water and mud. So then she gets up, walks over, and pulls her kid out. And here's the thing. I get it. I get, trust, my kid gets into things all the time. This happens. This happens. But then what she did was she picked the kid up, she set the kid on the edge of the puddle, and then walked back to the bench to sit down. Said, no, we don't get in the water. What the fuck do you think the fucking kid's going to do? What do you think? The kid's two. They don't, the kid doesn't understand that you're saying, don't do this. You took him out and you put him at the edge of it. What do you think's going to happen? And sure enough, what happened? The kid walks right back into the puddle. And this isn't even to mention the other two kids that are literally hanging off of exercise equipment that is way too big for them. Way too big for them. But that's just one example of what I see quite often and all too often lately. Another example at the park, we were there about a week ago or so, uh, and there's a little girl who's probably like five. I, I want to say five. I don't know exact ages. Looks to be about five, older than my daughter. And she's running around the park, and she is barking like a sea lion in all the kids' faces. And she comes up to my kid and starts barking in her face. Now, she's doing it playfully. I understand. She wasn't being malicious. I get that. However, some kids don't like that. My kid, in particular, does not like someone yelling in her face. And she definitely backed away. And then the mother of this child then said, we don't just do that to, all the, to any kids at the park. And she stopped for a second. And then what happened? One second later, she's doing it again. One second later. Consistency with parenting. If you're going to correct a child... You have to continue to correct them, and there have to be consequences here. Again, I'm not one to criticize parenting, but when it starts to affect my child, like that sea lion barking in the face, then it's a problem. Or when I see you blatantly just not watching your kids and then getting upset at your kid because they got into a puddle of water, like, what do you expect? Kid's going right back in that puddle of water. It, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And if you have your kid at the park, no reason to be on your phone. I understand you, maybe you get a message or something. I, I, I do the same. I, I look at my phone for a second in case my wife is calling me or texting me and I, you know, I hear it ring, whatever. I'm looking at it for a second. I am not on my phone while I'm at the park with, the, with kids. Just, I'm, I just don't do it. And headphones, forget about it. Never, ever, 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 ever do I have headphones in when I'm out with my kid. Because you need to be able to hear things. You need to be able to hear things. You need to be able to hear your kid. You need to be able to hear other kids. You need to be able to hear cars. You need to be able to hear everything that's around you if you're taking care of a small human being. At that point, it becomes you keeping another human being alive, not just yourself. And those are the things that need to be accounted for when it comes to parenting. And also, depending what you're letting your kids do at home, certain things, maybe don't let them do that out in public. I am not even going to sit here and say what there was a little boy running around the park trying to do the other day. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Because I was like, how does a four-year-old, three to four-year-old learn that thing? Keep it at home. Keep it at home. And we can do better for our kids. And we should do better for our kids. And we will do better for our kids in general. Because as parents, that's what we're supposed to do. All right, moving along here. Man, parenting, huh? Jeez. Parenting. That's the thing. I, like, I know I'm not the best parent on the face of the earth, but Jesus Christ, I'm, be I'm a million times better than a lot of these parents I see out there. I've seen parents smoking cigarettes, pushing their kids in a stroller, and it's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I was a smoker. I, 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 like, I get it. I, you got, like, you know, get a nicotine lozenge or something if you need the nicotine that freaking bad while you're out with your kid. I don't know. All right, trending on social. We got a lot of stuff here in trending on social. Some funny stuff, a couple serious things, but mostly funny stuff. Uh, Essence Cosmetics. Are you guys familiar with Essence Cosmetics out there? We might have some listeners that, that are familiar with them. That's a cosmetics brand. <laughs> they make makeup and such. I'm not familiar with them, and uh, not because I am too manly for that. I just i am not familiar with them. 
I am familiar with a couple of makeup brands. I, you know, Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Avon. I know that. Uh, and actually, I do. What's the nail? Oh, see, now I'm bl- OPI. I know OPI quite well. Quite well. I had a friend that, that did all of their uh, their print marketing, the, the print marketing design. But Essence Cosmetics, uh, they're apparently pretty big, and uh, they are one of the most recent companies, but the first cosmetic company uh, to get on board with the virtual influencer. They have unveiled, and they did it just this week, unveiled a virtual influencer named Kenna. She is obviously powered by artificial intelligence, and, uh, and, and instead of having an influencer that they're paying money, they have simply created a computer program. Uh, that that is uh, is actually already doing quite a bit. Uh, they the first post that uh, after after like six hours or something, seventy five hundred likes. Uh, and essence, and we're not talking about you know essence. Is, uh, like I said, I I know there's these bigger brands, so I don't think essence is on the same level as you know. So you might say, oh, seventy five hundred doesn't. That, pro- that probably is quite a bit for them. And uh, the, I think the main takeaway from from this is influencers. I've been talking about it for months now. We talked about it a lot last week. Uh, your, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Not only do companies not really want influencers in general anymore, but the companies that do want influencers are just going to have a virtual influencer like this. Uh, so, so you know, learn learn another trade outside of just taking pictures of your ass at the beach and, su- and sunsets and that, that fucking hair twirl thing that they all do. It's like, it's not, like if, if, if everybody does it, is it, like, is it even a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Go listen to some real big fish from the 90s. Deep cut there. Deep cut. Only my ska fan listeners are going to understand what the hell I meant with that one. All right, moving along. Instagram down. Hashtag Instagram down. That's right. Today, December 5th, 2019, Instagram was down yet again. And so, of course, whenever Instagram is down, uh, hashtag Instagram down starts trending on Twitter. And I always enjoy this one because people always share the same thing, like the same little gifts and memes and stuff. And uh, one of the biggest takeaways I get from this is people are always like, and here's all the people that haven't gone to their Twitter account in six months. And or the last time they were here was when Instagram was down. So true. Uh, that's what it seems like at least. Cause when I open my Twitter feed, I, I tend to see it. And people are like, Instagram's down, Instagram's down. I'm like, what? I didn't even realize it was down. I guess I'm just not millennial enough for all of this madness. Uh, but yeah, that's Instagram. It was down. It was down. And hipsters lost their minds. Because how can you get any kind of news if, if Instagram is down? <laughs> get it through every other site that's out there. All right. Moving along. Hashtag Spotify wrapped 2019. I got to be honest. I felt very, like, left out with this because I don't use Spotify. Now, we use Spotify for the podcast. Go Tell It to the Wall is featured on Spotify, uh, and I do use it in the home a little bit, but we actually, I believe my wife's Spotify account is connected to our, like, our Google Home and stuff. So if I ask specifically for Spotify, it's pulling up her account, uh, and that's usually when I'm pulling up stuff for my kid. I have no Spotify. Like, no, I have an account, but I even, like, opened the app, and I was like, oh, maybe it has something. Nope. Nope, just I don't use and listen to Spotify uh, really at all, Re- unless I'm with my kid. Like, I pull up Disney music and stuff on the Spotify. In fact, when my wife did the thing, she was like, who is this? Kristoff something? And I was like, that is one of the Frozen soundtrack composers, and that's why uh, he's in your little whatever this Spotify wrapped 2019. Uh, I do think it is cool. So if you're interested in what people are sharing and everything else, I do think it's really cool. Uh, so, so check those out. I just felt a little left out personally. The thing, the thing for me is I own all of the music I really enjoy, um, and I think I could start playing my playlist from the beginning. Like right now, I could do it, and I think it would take two months for it to finish. It's something ridiculous like that. I have ridiculous amounts of music just from growing up in the the ska punk community. Uh, so much of that, and then also I was a DJ for so many many years. I, like I have a music box that's full of just random top forty hip hop. Every kind of music you can think of for, I mean, spanning from the the 50s all the way up until the early 2000s and then some new stuff since. But, you know, so I just there's not a lot of Spotify for me, but check that out. Hashtag Spotify wrapped 2019. Uh, I will say beware if you're checking on yours, because what's also trending on Twitter right now. And I believe on some of the other uh, the other social platforms is pop rap 
That's right, pop rap, not pop punk, pop rap. Apparently, this is a thing now, and people were very confused because Spotify, uh, along with kind of these are your top artists, and this is, it was also here's the top genre you listened to over the past decade, and apparently pop rap is a genre that we all didn't know existed, but apparently it does, or maybe Spotify just made it up, which is kind of what I'm going with. Uh, but beware that you might be a little bit of a pop rap fan, Whatever the hell pop rap is, I guess this is just pop popular rap. I don't know. It's it's so I can't keep. There's there's like music terms for everything, and it's funny because you know I was talking about the music groups that I'm in on Facebook and stuff, and it's very minimal arguing. But there's always arguments of like, is this band ska? People and like there's this big debate, and it's like, who cares? Like, do you like them? Cool. Like, listen to it. You know that that's really where I stand on music. Like, do you like them? Eh, listen to them, you know? Do you not like them? Eh, don't listen to them. Somebody probably likes them, let them listen to them. It's fine. There's so much freaking music out there. We live in a in a day and age where, where you have a 12-year-old that can just go on YouTube and they're putting up some song that they wrote because they have some musical talent. I mean, that's the world that we live in now. So just let's enjoy that and, and not have a big debate over what kind of music is. Uh, you know, what genre a specific song or, or artist or anything else falls into, uh, except for pop rap. Let's just get rid of pop rap. Whatever the hell that is, it just needs to go away. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving along. That's not right. Oh, I totally just, oh, man. Definitely just exited out of something I didn't want to yet. Uh, also trending on Twitter is as a Catholic. Yeah, as a Catholic, that was trending on Twitter. And it's funny, I saw this trending today, and I was like, oh man, oh man, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. Uh, and so, of course, I go to click on it. And I was actually pleasantly surprised, uh, to an extent, because then, of course, it divulged into all kinds of ridiculousness. But apparently, Nancy Pelosi had, had said a reporter had questioned her something about hating uh, the Orange Menace. And her response was, as a Catholic, I don't hate anybody. Uh, and so, of course, people ran with this as a Catholic stuff. Uh, and, of course, some people that are closed-minded Christians and Catholics ran with that side of it as well. So, so check that out if you'd like. Just just tread lightly when you're checking this one out. Uh, and it's, it's, like I said, it's that quote from Pelosi to the reporter. Uh, and then, of course, because Pelosi is pro-choice, people, I don't want to get into semantics on that. Uh, but if you're wondering why, why as a Catholic was trending on Twitter, that would be why, because Pelosi said, as a Catholic, it's funny. I grew up Catholic, 13 years of Catholic school, private education. I don't think I've ever said as a Catholic, it's never in my life. Even when I was like teaching religious education at church, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a Catholic anymore. I grew up Catholic. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm Southern Irish. It's kind of one of those weird things. <laughs> All right, let's move along here. Uh, hashtag one letter wrong, one letter wrong a movie. Hashtag one letter wrong a movie. We've done this for songs and other things before. Uh, now it's 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 making the rounds for a movie, uh, and of course somebody named uh, Freddy Krueger had to share this one. Uh, hashtag one letter wrong a movie. A Nightmare on Elf Street. Change the M to e to F, and you get Nightmare on Elf Street. People, a lot of people had fun with these. Fun with these. Uh, I will say School of Cock. Uh, somebody shared that School of Cock as opposed to School of Rock. The thing is, that probably actually is a film. Uh, I just imagine it is a pornographic film. Uh, but the one that I actually came up with, because of course being a, a huge Kevin Smith fan, uh, it's pretty simple. Instead of Clerks, you have Clarks. Clarks. Uh, and you can make it into a Christmas movie. It's just a bunch of Clark Griswolds. It's the Clark from each vacation movie all converging. Uh, and, and putting lights on a Christmas lights on a house. I, I don't know. I'm not good. I, this is like this is why I have people that kind of try to write jokes for me. I, I'm not the one to write the jokes. All right. Moving along here. Uh, hashtag anxiety feels like. Now, this one's a little more serious. And, and uh, I want to share it with all of you, because, as you know, we are huge proponents of mental health awareness, mental illness awareness and reducing that stigma. And uh, this would be another great example if 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 you're somebody out there that is that is suffering has has these issues with anxiety, depression, with mental illness. Uh, this could give you some some support simply by going on a social platform. I know I always say, why are you wasting time on social platform? If you're gonna search this hashtag hashtag anxiety feels like. Uh, you'll you'll see that you're not alone. And also, if you're not somebody that suffers from this, uh, like I always say, you guarantee you know somebody that suffers from some form of mental illness unless you live by yourself on a farm in the middle of nowhere. You know somebody. Uh, so this can also give you an idea of what people around you might be going through. Uh, hashtag anxiety feels like. For me, anxiety feels like a just 
crushing down on my chest, on my head, on my shoulders. That's what serious, serious anxiety feels like for me. Uh, and it, I just, it feels like I'm being crushed and there's there's nothing I can do to stop it. Um, and that that's just the top end of it. You know, I mean, trust me, when I'm having horrible depressive anxiety episodes, uh, I feel like nobody cares about me. I feel like uh, I'm just completely alone. Uh, I feel like I can't keep track of everything in my life. Uh, I feel like I'm falling behind on every little thing I do, whether it's it's simply cleaning the house uh, or just, just speaking with friends. Uh, so those are just some of the things that that anxiety feels like for me. And it's it's different for everybody. There's always similarities, but it's different for everybody. Uh, even people suffering from the same exact mental illness are, are going to experience things differently, whether it's anxiety, depression, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, whatever it might be. Those manifest in different ways, absolutely, depending on the person. For me, it... For, for me, it, it, it manifests in anxiety, my, my obsessive anxiety disorder, my obsessive compulsive disorder. That's where it manifests. It manifests uh, in, in repetition. Uh, but that, that's different depending on the person. So I encourage you to check that one out. Hashtag anxiety feels like. Uh, get yourself a little educated or get yourself some support really in a simple way. Now, of course, we have that California mental health helpline that is available. If you need serious support, do that. Uh, but if, you know, if you're someone that suffers uh, and you're just, you're just having a rough day, this could be helpful for you. Hashtag anxiety feels like. All right, one more thing here in trending on social. Oh, man. So this blew up. Like, blew up. The Peloton ad blew up. Remember a couple weeks ago when I talked about over-emotional uh, holiday commercials and Christmas commercials? And I literally said the words on this podcast. Uh, and, and it was a weekly rant. And so we literally have it. It's, it. It hasn't been posted on YouTube yet, but it's getting posted. And I said, it's a fucking exercise bike, Peloton. It's a fucking exercise bike. That's exactly what I said. Well, now people have realized how creepy that damn commercial is. Uh, not necessarily because of the over-emotional aspect of it, but also because of the sexism aspect of it. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all the details there. In fact, I've got it kind of later in the show to talk a little bit more about the details. But I will encourage you uh, to check out Eva Victor on Twitter. Uh, she's probably on other platforms as well. She is, she's got one of those silly little blue check marks. Uh, so good for her. Eva, Eva Victor. She's probably some kind of influencer. The difference here, and she's still getting finger quotes because she's an influencer and I just hate the term, but she, it looks like she does have some talent. Uh, she put together a spoof of the Peloton commercial. It's, it's, immensely hilarious. I will say there are a couple of uh, curse words in there, so don't watch it around your kids, uh, but it's immensely hilarious, and, and really it's it gets it to the heart of what a lot of people are complaining about with this Peloton ad, the sexism behind it, uh, and just the ridiculousness of, of somebody who's like 116 pounds needing an exercise bike and all this other stuff, and, 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 and please don't send me, like, here's the thing, Peloton, <laughs> it's kind of like a cult, and I'm not saying you're a cult member if you have a Peloton, but the people, like, people that have Pelotons that are into it, they are so freaking into it. They are so into it. And here's the thing. It costs more than getting a gym membership. And the cool thing about a gym, all kinds of different equipment. Classes, equipment, not just a stationary bike, not just a fucking exercise bike. Ugh. But check out Eva Victor on Twitter. It looks like her, her uh, I can't even read her handle. Have easier handles, people, and then I will read your freaking handles on GoTel to the wall. All right, let's get into some entertainment news here. Entertainment news. We got some interesting stuff this week, actually. Hmm. So Disney. More Disney news. There's going to be a lot of freaking Disney news over the next few months. Just, just prepare yourselves. We've got Star Wars coming out. Frozen 2 just came out. It's just the world we're in right now. Disney Plus, just deal with it. Everything's revolving around Disney. <laughs> Pretty much. Bob Iger is the sun. <laughs> it's just... Oh, man. I just, yeah, Disney. Uh, so Disney has found itself uh, possibly involved in an antitrust lawsuit in South Korea. Over, you guessed it, Frozen 2. Now, apparently in South Korea, they have a law. Uh, it's antitrust, or not antitrust, anti-monopoly law that actually extends to theaters as well. Uh, now, Frozen 2... The weekend it came out uh, actually was on 88% of theaters there in South Korea. And apparently the law is no film can uh, can take up more than 50% of screens in South Korea. Otherwise, it's a film monopoly. Uh, who knows if anything's going to come of this? I'm sure Disney's just going to throw some money at it because that's what they do. And, and honestly, I don't blame them in this situation. Uh, it's just one of those things where 
we have a disconnect from country to country, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you have a, an, a, a, an American company studio that that's putting out, you know, inter, films internationally worldwide, like Frozen 2, this is, I'm not even putting any fault on Disney here. Yes. Should you be aware of that? Yes. I mean, they literally have a team of people that is dealing directly with each of those countries. Uh, so should you be aware? Yes. But is this something that's really just a cultural difference, a, a legal difference between countries? Yeah. So I don't think anything's going to come of this, uh, but that's just kind of a, an FYI frozen 88% of movie screens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely more than it was on here in the U.S. Like, let's just let's put it that way. Eighty eight percent of screens because we're not we're not talking eighty eight percent of theaters had the movie. We're talking 80. So let's say there's a hundred screen. And I know there's more. Let's say there's a hundred feature film screens in South Korea. Eighty eight of them were showing Frozen 2. That is definitely more than than the United States was. I, I don't think 88% of the screens in the, the U.S. were Frozen 2. As much as everyone loves Frozen and Frozen 2 on Disney. And speaking of Frozen 2, and this one doesn't even has nothing to do with international because this is simply domestic. Frozen 2 officially has the Thanksgiving record, the highest grossing Thanksgiving film ever. That is a film uh, in theaters over the Thanksgiving weekend. They actually did 123.7 million domestically over those five days. Jesus Christ, 123.7 million. For Frozen 2, we're talking animated film. We're not talking Star Wars here. We're talking animated film. And I, I, Frozen's great. I'm taking my kid to see it in the next week or so here. It's great. It's just $123.7 million. Disney knows what they're doing. But don't forget. Don't forget, Wall fans. Sometimes they miss a John Carter. Which is actually playing on Disney+. Plus. I saw it the other day. I was like, oh my god. You can watch that catastrophe on Disney+. Plus. It's there. More Disney Plus news coming up. Uh, <laughs> streaming services and limited internet. So apparently this story came out, uh, and I believe it's Comcast was the specific one, but I know there's other companies that do this. Uh, specifically out of New York, th this family got a call from their cable provider that I believe was Comcast, and they said, hey, uh, you're at 90% of your your allotted uh, data for the month, and we're, it's like the fifth. <laughs> like, I can't remember the exact date. And they were like, oh. Okay, 90%. So we got 10% left. Uh, and this is apparently becoming a thing around the country, uh, specifically because of Disney+. Plus. And a lot of people are just binge-watching Disney+, Plus and they're just, like, leaving it playing in the background. I mean, that's the thing with Disney+, Plus is you're like, oh, let's just we'll throw on The Simpsons, and suddenly The Simpsons is playing for eight hours straight in your living room, and you forgot it's even doing it because you're, like, off working on something else, you know? Uh, so this is apparently a thing because people aren't realizing that they have limited data through a lot of their internet plans. Uh, more importantly, I will tell everyone out there, if you're someone that has limited data through your internet plan, make a phone call right now. S like, pause the podcast. Make a phone call right now to your to your internet provider, to your uh, ISP, and say, uh, no more. I am going to this other company because no matter where you live in this country, no matter where you live, there is a company that, will, that offers unlimited data on your internet. Uh, I have Spectrum here at the house, unlimited. Can you imagine if I had limited data and I'm, I'm like trying to stream all the time? That'd be crazy. So be aware of this. But more importantly, if you're if you have limited data through like Comcast or one of those, get rid of it. it it's amazing to me. That's the disconnect too in this country. You know, we have limited data on phones and then there's some Internet company ISPs, Internet service providers that are still limiting data. But then we literally have proposals out there for some cities, and I believe there is even a couple of smaller cities that have done this, where they just have free Wi-Fi and internet. It's like there has there there's an in between there that we're missing. You, Comcast is limiting how much internet you can use versus some cities and some politicians and and other things that are pushing for just free internet. Let's meet in the middle here. Let's meet in the middle. Oh my God, I just lost my. There it is. I don't know why that came flying off. Okay, can't hold my pen tonight. All right, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. There are the John Carters out there. But more importantly, keep in mind with Disney+, and this is another thing that is that is kind of coming to light, uh, not everything on Disney is, is gold, like John Carter, for example, but really not even everything in the vault, the Disney vault. There's not actually a vault. There was never a, an actual vault. 
people like I used to, people used to come to like I'd give studio tours for clients when I was in marketing for Disney Channel. You know, oh, let's go have lunch on the lot. No, oh, we'll do a little quick studio tour. You know, for high end clients. I can't tell you how many of them would say, "Oh, where's the vault? The vault? It's like there's not actually a fucking vault, guys. <laughs> it's a storage room, <laughs> and it's all just on reels. <laughs> it's reels of film." Uh, but keep in mind that when you're searching through Disney Plus, it's not all gold. There are some of those, some films out there that really probably shouldn't have been released in the first place. For example, if you're not aware of uh, Aladdin 2, where the genie is not actually voiced by Robin Williams, uh, don't waste your time with that one. And this is, again, something that's come to light because a lot of people are watching Disney Plus and they're like, oh yeah, those movies are terrible. Terrible. There was a Lion King 2. And I know we have sequels, you know, I just talked about Frozen 2, but these are like the uh, the non-theatrical releases that from the 90s when they were really trying to capitalize on all that, uh, all the excitement around Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, like, was, was the new wave of Disney films in, in 1989, and, and they really tried to capitalize on that by not only with their theatrical films, but with, also with these sequels that they would put, uh, that, that would go out uh, for non-theatrical release. Direct-to-video for those of you out there that like to use that term i've worked in home entertainment for a long time when you say direct to video it, it cheapens it you just say non-theatrical just an fyi for all of you, all of you out there oh ghostbusters oh yeah ghostbusters a new film still in development i don't know when they're going to be shooting they, i don't think they're in production yet uh we got some new some more news out of ghost no they are definitely in production i think i, I don't think they're done with production yet that's the freaking word i'm looking for I don't think they've wrapped production yet, uh, but they they did come out with an official title for Ghostbusters, and it's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is going to be interesting. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Uh, I enjoyed the all-female Ghostbusters as well, but I am definitely an original Ghostbusters fan, so I'm looking forward to this one very, very much so. Uh, and w- the we have the title, like I said, the trailer is coming soon. Probably, we probably seen a trailer this week, uh, if not beginning of next week, because it sounded like it was supposed to come this week, but now it's obviously Thursday, and I haven't seen that trailer drop. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. Speaking of trailers, uh, another trailer just dropped today, actually, December 5th, 2019. It's the trailer for The Boys Season 2. This is the Amazon original series, The Boys. We've talked about it before on the podcast, uh, superhero uh, series that, that Amazon has put together. Uh, so check it out if you're interested in The Boys Season 2. We don't have an exact release date yet but it is obviously going to be 2020 i think it's december 5th so at this point if we don't have a release date it ain't going to be 2019 uh so the boys season two is going to be 2020 hopefully a release date coming up for that if you have amazon prime that one is included with your amazon prime video uh subscription highly 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 recommend the boys like i said i've talked about it on the podcast before uh if you haven't checked it out check it out it's it's gory it's a little darker it's it's we're not talking uh we're not talking the avengers here and it is based on an, uh, an original comic, which I never read. Never been a huge comic reader, but uh, apparently it is uh, based on a comic. Uh, all right. Oh, that's what I want to get into. You know what? Yeah, we're doing okay on time here. Yeah, we're doing okay. All right, I want to just run through these real quick. Entertainment Weekly uh, put out the top five TV trends to retire in 2020. Top five TV trends. So I'm going to run through these and see if you guys agree with this. Uh, first one is uh, is franchise creeping. Franchise creeping. And what this means is basically taking a successful show and then spinning it off a bunch of times. And just continuing to do that and spin it off. Uh, a lot of you out there are like, well, Law and & Order. And they've done it very well. You know, uh, CSI. Has actually, you know, CSI Miami, uh, Los Angeles, uh, right? No, NC. I don't know. I don't see. I don't watch these shows. But people tend to forget that there have been a lot of these that didn't do well. In fact, more of these spinoffs uh, have not done well than have done well. And I think people are just getting tired in general of uh, of just the same damn show. Like, what, what's the Chicago thing? Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. And it's like, okay, that's enough. Have an original idea. Uh, so I'm all in favor of, of getting rid of just, just breaking off everything. And it's like, you know, here's CSI Alabama. Here's CSI Montana. Did this reindeer kill this reindeer? I don't know. 
they even have reindeer in Montana? Not good with the geography, Wall fans. You, you don't tune in for geography lessons here. All right, number two, reboots and revival mania. I I'm just, I am 150,000% behind this. I am so sick. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, we don't need to, Murphy Brown didn't need to come back. Uh, Will and Grace, we don't need all these shows coming back. If you want to do a cute little reunion special or something, that's one thing. Stop reviving all the shows. Uh, we're done with them. We're, we're done with reviving everything. Uh, and this is just the millennials remembering their parents watching, you know, some some must-see TV in the, you know. God, millennials. Are, were millennials even alive in the 90s? Where are we with millennials? I can't keep track of where millennials are. But, you know, that's what's happening here. Or hipsters, you know. Hipsters are like, oh, I remember watching that in the 90s. And for some reason, my hipster got a southern accent. If that's even a southern accent, I don't know why. <laughs> right. Uh, the This Is Us effect. This one, I completely agree with as well. Uh, and this is basically taking these like over-emotional shows and, 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 and trying to just evoke emotion out of everybody. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not a This Is Us fan. Like I've watched it a little bit. I, I don't like it. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad show. I just don't like it. It is not for me by any means. Uh, my wife really enjoys it. However, there's only one This Is Us, and just just stop. This really goes back to, like, branching off. Uh, and, and I get it. This has happened since the beginning of time. You know? I mean, we had Armageddon and Deep Impact. It happens in the movie theaters. It happens theatrically. You know, you get just tons of competing films. Uh, but let just come up with your own idea. Don't piggyback off another network's, uh, another network's idea. Uh, and then another one would be content number four, continuing a show when it should just end. This is definitely just, I, I mean, that is, that is constant. Uh, sometimes a show just needs to end, which I really appreciate about a lot of shows, uh, like Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek was like, nope, we're ending it. Uh, Mr. Robot, my absolute favorite show on television right now. They were like, nope, we're, we're done. Uh, the Good Place, another great example. No, no, we're done. We have told our story instead of just dragging it out, dragging out this whole freaking thing. No, let, let's kill it. Uh, just just kill the show. Kill the, No, not kill the show. Uh, finish the season. You know, maybe one season is good. Maybe maybe you just need one season to tell a story. That, that There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be, you know, don't look at The Simpsons and be like, we got to go 30 seasons. No, even The Simpsons fell off after like 15 seasons. You know, and number five is Christmas movie overkill. Uh, I can get behind this at least to an extent, uh, but I will say, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I have a kid at home like, you know, this we're talking when you're talking Christmas movies. It's like, OK, just don't stream it. You know, I watched this. this Anna Ken, Anna, Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick, whatever. Yeah, I don't mean no, no insult to Anna. You know, the pitch perfect, uh, the pitch perfect woman. She has a. There's a original movie on uh, Disney Plus called Noel. It was actually, uh, it was actually pretty interesting, and I enjoyed it. Not interesting. Interesting is not the word. Uh, it was quite enjoyable. I laughed a few times. It's very cheesy. It's a Christmas movie. I laughed a few times, so I can get behind that to an extent. But you know what? These are all streaming at this point. We're not talking about network television where it's getting diluted. We're, we're talking one month a year where it's like, okay, you want to put out some silly Christmas movies? That's fine. It's not like networks that are green lighting all these terrible shows and 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 uh, and and giving the axe to all these great shows. There is a difference there. Uh, speaking of ridiculous Christmas things, according to a poll out of the United Kingdom, the UK, uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You has been voted the most annoying Christmas song ever. Most annoying Christmas song ever. Uh, and I can, I think this is kind of widely known for a lot of people. I think it is. And it's nothing against Mariah Carey. I think the song is actually pretty good. The problem is, uh, I'm, I think every radio station that plays Christmas music and every store that has a Christmas music playlist of some sort, they're like required to, to use Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, uh, as the fifth song on every rotation. So one, two, three, four, Mariah Carey. Six, seven, eight, nine, Mariah Carey. 11, 12, 13, 14, Mariah Carey. That, and that's what it is. In fact, this happened to me the other day. I'll be honest with everyone. I was actually going into my uh, my collective, my dispensary, the other day, and I'm walking up to check in, and I get, they got Christmas music going, and I could, I could hear Mariah Carey "All I Want for Christmas Is You" starting, and I start to turn to the woman at the counter, and I and I like 
my mouth started to open and I started to say, ah, this freaking song. Am I right? (laughs) And right as I start to say it, she starts singing it. And I was like, oh, glad I didn't get those words out that quickly because obviously she likes the song. Uh, But especially retail, like retail, retail, retail. You are hearing this freaking song so much. It's not even funny. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. Uh, And if you're if you're hankering for some new Christmas songs, Blink 182 is actually releasing a Christmas song tomorrow. Brand new Christmas song by Blink 182 coming out tomorrow, December 6, 2019. It was teased by Travis Barker on a couple of social platforms. Uh, there's a like a quick guitar riff on it. You can't really tell what it is, but new Christmas song by Blink-182 coming out tomorrow. Uh, very typical Blink-182. They have a few different Christmas songs and a lot of punk bands, punk ska bands put out these Christmas songs, uh, quite a bit. In fact, I haven't heard it yet. I get a little emotional with that song, but the Dolly Rots really enjoy the Dolly Rots. Uh, they put out a new Christmas song just today and it is actually a cover of uh, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues, if you're familiar with that one. I get a little I get a little emotional with Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. I just I'll be honest, I do get a little emotional. Alright, I have a quick mental health thing here. Quick because we're running out of time, but also just just because this came up. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, as we go along, Mental Health Mondays, and because I think this is an important thing, but I just I, I kind of want to Top end it. This is something we'll talk about over the next few months. Uh, and this this came up from the mighty, and somebody talked about uh, learning about their mental illness when they snapped. And I put snapped in finger quotes. Uh, and it talked about this woman waking up one morning and and just couldn't stop crying. That that was the break. That was the breakdown. And for a lot of people out there that suffer from mental illness, uh, have mental health issues, uh, you you know that. We will have these breaks, these breakdowns, these breaks where anxiety comes in. Depression is at the forefront. And the reason I bring this up is because I think, and this is what happened with this woman who's writing for the mighty. I think a lot of people don't realize that they are dealing with mental illness until they hit a breaking point. It's not rock bottom. It's not like when you have an addiction. It's not necessarily rock bottom. I mean, in a way it is, but it's, it's, it's a little bit different. It's, it's finally that realization that what's happening, there's nothing you can do about it in that moment. You, you can't stop it, is what I should say. And for me, I'll, I'll talk about my own personal... I, I mean, I've had multiple breakdowns throughout my life. And looking back, I realize, uh, even as a kid, having obsessive-compulsive disorder, I've talked about it before, contemplating the meaning of life at, at four years old. So that's not healthy. But I didn't realize at four years old that I had a mental illness. In fact, uh, it was really not until I was like 19 that I really started to realize it. But even then, it wasn't until I got a little older in my early 20s that I really realized it. Because back in my teens, uh, especially when I was first in college, I was always able to blame something for my anxiety or my depression. And for me, the ultimate breaking point for me and I'd already gotten help before then. I had been misdiagnosed as, as type 2 bipolar. Had started to realize that I had obsessive compulsive disorder and obsessive anxiety disorder. But the break for me was when everything was going great on the surface. I didn't have any money worries. I had a good job. had a place to live. I was a college graduate. I was, work, I was working for Disney for the love of God. And I woke up one morning and very similar to the woman that was writing the story, uh, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't feel better. And I didn't know why. And suddenly I didn't have anything to blame it on. Suddenly I didn't have a a focal point, a source to say that is what's causing my anxiety and my depression and my sadness. So for a lot of people, snapping like this woman did, that final snap, that final breakdown, and it's not the final breakdown, it's just the last one that makes you realize this is all about mental illness. And like I said, I'd known that before then. I'd known that I had problems. But it was finally not having something to blame it on. And at the same time, as as crazy as that was, and as much as I, I spent weeks going to doctors and going through the rigmarole of everything, in the end, that was what set me on the right path. That was what 
inspired me to go out and say, and even then I wasn't open with everyone about it, but it inspired me to actually go out and take care of myself and not just blame it on other things. And then years later, I was inspired to share it with other people and to finally talk about it. I mean, Jesus Christ, back then I didn't, I mean, I was in my 20s, I didn't want to. It wasn't until I got into my 30s that I started talking openly about it. And thanks to other uh, celebrities, athletes, and everything out there talking about it themselves, that has made it easier for myself, and I know many other people out there, to also talk about their mental illness and their mental health problems. All right. Uh, we're running short on time. I want to run through a couple of these tech things. And actually, this one I'm super excited about. Uh, there is a state senator, state senator in California, who's actually going to be introducing a bill in January. Uh, and this bill would make it illegal to send unsolicited dick pics. Yes, unsolicited dick pics uh, would make it a Class C misdemeanor and a, with uh, punishable of up to a $500 fine. Uh, so this is a California state senator. And it's, it's interesting because this makes total sense. I don't know why anyone would fight this except for the perverts out there that send dick pics. Uh, and if, if, if you want to laugh, it's, it, it's kind of not funny, but they're laughing at the ladies are laughing at it too. Uh, check out sliding into the, the bomb pops DMS that they're doing a little web series. It's, it's really funny. It's, it's funny, but it's sad, but they're laughing about it. So you can kind of laugh about it too. And you're like, all right, dude, calm it down. Maybe don't think you're just going to get laid by sending somebody a direct message. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but apparently Texas has a similar law already that went into effect in September. 100% support this. Uh, nobody should be getting pictures of people's dicks when you don't want them. Uh, you shouldn't be getting pictures of anything if you don't want them. Even faces, for the love of God. I've seen some pretty offensive faces out there. Not saying it's more offensive than an unsolicited dick pic, but whew. You know, maybe. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Uh, but seriously, I'll be fully in support of this. And I'll be telling all of my girlfriends, not girlfriends, my female friends, uh, that uh, that they should be aware of this. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to just start reporting people. And that's what's great, too, because, like, dudes send dick pics with their phone number. It's like, dude, like, it's, it's, not, it's not really anonymous. You're, like, even if you're not sending your name, your phone number's right there, man. Oh, people. Illegal to send dick pics. I'll love it. Android focus mode. Uh, this is a new feature that is uh, that's that's rolling out to Android phones, uh, and it's it's to temporarily silence distracting apps. Uh, so as you're going through, if you're getting distracted and you tend to get down that YouTube go down that YouTube hole or whatever they call it, uh, temporarily silences those apps so you don't get as distracted. And the cool thing about this that I found is you can actually schedule it for certain times of the day too. So let's say you're like, I cannot be on Twitter, you know, from five to nine p.m. or whatever. And you can silence those apps and you're not going to get distracted by them. Pretty cool. I know there's other there's other apps out there like this, but this one's going to be integrated into Android. Uh, Apple and the charging plug. Uh, we're getting word out of Apple that by 2021, the iPhone will have no charging port. This will only be on the highest end iPhone. So like, for example, the uh, the uh, iPhone, not the 11, but the 11 plus or max or whatever it is that they have like the high end phone, uh, most likely not going to have a charging port in 2021. That's of course going to be some wireless charging. They're just taking away all the ports on your phones. Not going to be able to do anything else. Like <laughs> It's just like, and I don't know, like the headphone jack, I, I was very much opposed to this one. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but can we come down in price on the wireless charging pads? That's the ridiculousness there. Because uh, even if it doesn't work ideally with your phone, you can get a you know two dollar charger at Seven Eleven. Uh, I'd be afraid of a two dollar wireless charger because it might blow up in your bedroom. Uh, Google Recorder. Uh, this is a new app that came out with the Google Pixel Four. It's now available in the App Store and works on uh, Google Pixel Three, Three A, and Pixel Two. So if you're interested in that, the funny thing is like everyone's like, oh, wait, this is cool recording. There's so many recording apps out there. I literally use a a, a Sure recording app, Sure, the microphone company. So so like check that one out or just check out one of the billion others. Uh, speaking of apps, Craigslist, Craigslist, after 24 years of existence, uh, now officially has a mobile app. Uh, so for those of you that want to get murdered quicker than you do by going on the website, uh, Craigslist app right there. I didn't even know Craigslist still existed. Do people still use Craigslist? Good Lord. I'm ter that terrifies me. No, thank you. Craigslist. Uh, Walmart 
shopping, their shopping app actually beat out the Amazon shopping app for most downloaded app on Black Friday. Interesting thing is I saw this and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I also realized that most people have had the Amazon app for a long time, whereas Walmart has really been pushing into this, uh, the, 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 uh, the delivery stuff and, and trying to compete with Amazon for the past year at most. Uh, so really, that's probably why the downloads were much higher than Amazon, because everyone already had Amazon. Uh, they went to download the Walmart app because they were seeing like Black Friday deals or whatever. Uh, and the Spotify Wrapped, which I talked about, uh, they did expand that to include favorite music from the entire decade. Uh, they actually added some podcaster metrics as well, which I haven't had a go chance to go on there and look. Uh, but I'm going to go check out the Go Tell It to the Wall podcast metrics on Spotify. I think we do quite a bit on Spotify. I don't know how much we do. Uh, we do a lot more uh, through other apps. Uh, but I know Spotify, we do have, I, we have some avid listeners on Spotify as well. So I'll be checking out those analytics. Uh, and you may see some some subscriber declines on YouTube. Apparently, YouTube or Google, who owns YouTube, uh, they are purging closed accounts. Uh, so any accounts that have been closed are going to be purged, and those are going to pop off of your subscriber count. So if you are uh, someone out there with a YouTube channel and you're noticing your subscriber count is dipping a little bit recently, that could be why. could also be that you're an influencer and your products suck. And, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just... I'm just kidding. The influencers are going away. We're almost done with them. Uh, there is great YouTube content out there. Great YouTube content out there. I always joke, but there is good YouTube content out there. Uh, check out John Boy. If you're a sports fan, man, check out jo the guy is funny, uh, poignant, and very intelligent when it comes to sports. That's just one off the top of my head, John Boy. All right, I've got one common sense thing for you here, and then we're going to end for tonight. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Hunter. Duncan Hunter, who is a congressman from San Diego, a, you guessed it, Republican congressman. I actually mentioned this guy about a year ago on a podcast episode because he was in trouble and he was clearly guilty of pulling campaign funds uh, to to pay for his family vacations, his all of his expensive things and cars and products and stuff, and he swore that he was not guilty even though his wife pled guilty to it. The same exact thing. Well, this week, Duncan Hunter decided that he's going to come out and plead guilty. Why? Because he's guilty as shit. And the ridiculous thing here is we knew over a year ago that this dude was stealing campaign funds down in San Diego. And I was down in San Diego in October of 2018, uh, toward the end of October, mid to end of, end of October. And I drove around San Diego and I saw so many goddamn fucking Duncan Hunter fucking re-election fucking signs in everyone's fucking yard in fucking San Diego. You're all dipshits. All of you dipshits. Dude, stealing money, you knew he was stealing money, and you still elected his ass last year. Well, now you got a admitted thief right here, and he's your congressman, San Diego. Haha, <laughs> I used to like San Diego. I don't care to go down there at all anymore. Maybe to see my parents, a couple of friends. Y'all are crazy down there. That's the thing. This isn't about Republican or Democrat. The dude stole money. You knew he stole money. You still elected his ass. Ridiculous. And now he's admitted that he's been stealing money this whole fucking time. Jesus Christ. There's the F-bomb quota for this week, wall fans. Duncan Hunter. Shady Republicans. I just threw my notebook over my shoulder, too. I, that's funny. I knew I was kind of fired up about Duncan Hunter, but, like, because I talked about this over a year ago. And I was like, y'all are stupid. You, you, like, a crook. He's a crook. And you have a sign in your yard and you're voting for him. Stay classy, San Diego. Hmm. All right, Wall fans. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, remember, you can follow us on multiple social platforms. Uh, head on over to Twitter. Follow our official Twitter account, which is at TellTheWallPod, or my own personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. Of course, we are currently live on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Like our page, check back often for all of the updates you can stand. And YouTube, head on over to YouTube, search go tell it to the wall, subscribe to our channel, and do the things that the kids do on YouTube these days. Uh, you can, of course, follow my own personal Instagram account, which is at SoCalSean, if you are interested in kid and, and concert photos. Uh, and of course, all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Uh, you're going to find links to all those things, including our Patreon campaign. So please, please, please bookmark that and check back often. That's going to do it for us. This has been 
episode 117 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. We will be back next week, same wall place, same wall time, with episode 117. I am, or 118, 118. I am, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and thank you for joining us this week. But remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, and no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.